Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 20, Ridiculous Mom Worries. Emily, what are some things that you worry about as a mom? Um, <laughs> what are some things you don't worry about as a mom? How long do we have for this episode is a great question. <laughs> um, you enter like a whole new level of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Whenever you become a mom, right? That's how I kind of like, I don't call them worries. I call them active scenarios in my mind that I think about and what I might or might not do if that were to happen. And <laughs> like most moms, I'm assuming like everybody thinks this, like they're mostly around death. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I had kind of pitched this question out to some of my friends, and one of my favorites was, like, they live relatively close to a train track. I mean, not, like, right through their backyard, but relatively close. And, like, she nearly has, like, the thought process, like, every night when she lays down that her son's bedroom is closest to where the direction of the tracks are, and what if one derailed and, like, came barreling through his room? Oh, see, that is not the worry I was expecting her to have. Oh, really? Yeah. What was? What would you think she was? That's so funny. See, if I if I were her, if you were near the train track, mm -hmm, my thought every night before I went to bed would be that I would have to make sure the child locks on the doors were set, so they didn't get out because they would totally go out and play on the train tracks. That would be my assumption. Both of those are pretty absurd. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Not going to happen. I mean, a lot of mine, and yeah, it's a lot of case scenarios. I mean, we are a food allergy family, so I visualize a lot of worst case scenarios, yeah. which are ridiculous. You know, like, what if this happened or that happened? Um, but then ones that I kind of act on, I think I think the one that I act on the most is when we, we go to a park. Like, I have actual, like, anxiety that I have to work through to force myself to take my kids to a park. And I think it all goes back to elementary school and the stranger danger, like, mm-hmm. stuff that we were told. And, and all that, I mean, like, you have a place for that. Like, you do need to teach your kids about you don't go off with some man that says he's lost his dog. You know, we know this. Yeah. There are actual kids who are abducted. It's real. Yeah. But it's very rare. And... Like, I am a little insane. I mean, I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but just, like, we have to be together the entire time you're at the park. Like, you can't leave my sight. Don't talk to anybody. And I feel like I turn into a CIA agent whenever we step foot on the park. Mm -hmm. And I have, on two occasions, actually left a park because I felt that there were too many people and I couldn't keep up with my kids. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because it's terrifying to turn around and one of them's not there anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, who is that man? He doesn't have a kid with him. Why doesn't she have a kid? Why is she in the park without a kid? That's weird. Someone has entered the playground with a pet. Yes. Everybody watch. <laughs> 
Mine is in the parking lot. Oh, park parking lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anytime I'm like, I've got one foot under a wheel of the cart while I'm loading kids with the, with my arms. Because they're going to snatch having the other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and it's like, how do I get my purse and all of my children into the car <laughs> at the exact same time? Because, so and then, and then I go into it's so funny to say it's like these you're things a ninja. out loud. You're like yes. you're trying to like logistically figure out how you can get it all exactly. done. Exactly. And I've got a system with the minivan. Like I take the cart and I put it up over the side of the door uh-huh, so that uh-huh. it the cart actually goes into the car so that they can just climb out oh, directly. They don't have to hit the pavement at idea. all. They yes. never touch the asphalt. Nobody can steal them. Nobody can run them over. Nobody can get your purse. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the guilt of prioritizing which one I put in first. The eggs or the children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so funny. Oh, just the rabbit holes yeah. that we dig ourselves into. Do and, you rem- Do you remember any of the like... Okay, ridiculous things you did as a first-time mom. Like, do you, it's hard for me to honestly think back. Like, one of my friends said, particularly, I mean, this is past the infant stage, but when they were kind of in the toddler years, she was so afraid of grapes <laughs> that she would peel them. Oh, my goodness. And then dice them before she gave them to At their kids. At that kid. point, why feed them? <laughs> I don't even know. There's nothing left. Have right? you ever tried to do that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, at that point, I'd be like, forget it. We're never eating grapes. Bananas. Just not worth it. Yeah. Smashed. Yeah, Smashed bananas. of course. Yeah, obviously. No okay, do you, do you yeah. remember any of the things Okay, so when my first daughter was born, I had a C-section. And so they didn't do the whole, like, lay her on your chest thing. They just took her away, cleaned her up, wrapped her up. And so the first time I got to hold her, she was already swaddled with a little hat. She was just a little burrito with a hat. Cute. And... I did not unwrap her for a good three hours. I nursed her with the hat and the blanket on because I thought if I unwrap her, she's going to freeze and they're going to take her away. Like they just, I was like, they're watching my every move. I know it. You're under evaluation. Yes. So I didn't even know, like I didn't count toes and fingers because I was just so afraid of her being cold Mm -hmm. in Houston that... Right. Yes. Just completely and, reasonable. Yeah. And I would, I would dress her, and she was born in November. So I mean, it's kind of fair that she would, she could have gotten cold, but those Probably first not. few months, no, not really. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She was in a flannel, like onesie with the footies and everything, and the gloves, and I mean, for months. Yes. Because sweating. she, she sweating. and she was poor baby. She was probably just hot, and now she refuses to wear like long pants on days right. when it's freezing outside, probably because I was so terrified of getting her cold. That's the first thing that's going to come up in her counseling sessions mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom made me sweat. <laughs> Does anybody else have like a savings account set aside for therapy yes. for their kids? Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's more, it's stashed more than the uh, college. Exactly. Account. Exactly. Like you have to decide which kid needs college and which kid needs therapy counseling. more. <laughs> okay. All right. Other ridiculous fears I have would be like, I don't know. I, they're all around safety and dying and I'm trying to like psychoanalyze myself. Like what this (laughs) means, like 
you know, I we have stairs in our house, and I had just like, I mean, which that's toddlers. That's legitimate. That's not ridiculous, right? Like, I, I would have all these worst-case scenarios and, like, what I would do okay. if, like, you know, so we had major rules about stairs. I mean, probably I should have, like, just taught them how to go up and down them safely instead of, like, making it, like, Alcatraz. Like, <laughs> don't go in there. It's like prison. I tend to notice that my fears will not circulate around things because we have stairs. And there are adult people that come into my home that are afraid of my stairs. And I've never thought of them as like extra steep or anything, but I don't, somehow they're foreboding to people. And they don't bother you for their for your kids? They don't. And I think because we were very intentional about teaching them to bump on their bottoms all oh, the way down. Right. But. While I'm over there like, oh. Yeah. I mean, but that's a reasonable fear. Like kids fall downstairs. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. You should be afraid of that. You should, you know, but my fear is we have a balcony at the top of the stairs. And in my mind, they're going to pull out one of the rungs from the balcony and just fall through. Like that is my fear, not Mm -hmm. the stairs. Like, yeah, people fall down the (laughs) stairs all the time, but mine is no, they're going to crash through like the, you know, the actual like wall up there Mm -hmm. and fall down into the second floor. What are things that you worry about that don't involve their safety, but involve what other people are going to think of your parenting? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, I wanted to be one of those moms who let their kids wear whatever they chose. But while we're being honest and candid, I didn't end up feeling that way, actually. Like, and so maybe, and I don't even think of myself as a really vain person. I mean, I am not wearing makeup right now, okay? (laughs) Like, I am in a flannel shirt, and like, maybe I don't take care of myself, but I really wanted other people to see my kids and for them to know that I'm taking really good care of them and that somehow translated in my mind that they that their clothes needed to match, they needed mm-hmm. to look put together, their hair needs to be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And I had a really difficult time with it being a, it so much so that my husband even kind of like intervened at like age three and four and like you you're teaching them subliminally that it's not okay for them to go out with their hair messed up. Like, that it's not okay. And I, because I'm actually, I go out with my hair messed up without makeup all the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, I did not want my daughters to because I felt like I was, they were, people were going to think I wasn't taking care of them. No, I'm the opposite in that I did make the decision early on that I was just going to let them wear what they wanted to wear, mostly because my oldest and then subsequently all three of my children ended up being so stubborn. Yeah that there were battles that I had to say, I'm not going to fight this because I don't have the energy to fight it. But even after eight years of letting my children wear what they're going to wear, um, as long as it's weather appropriate, well, yeah. um, there are still days where they go out and I'm just like, I'm a hot mess and I'm a hot mess most of the time. <laughs> But there's still, like, I still battle shame over it. I have to remind myself that um, that the things that I'm worrying about are not about the welfare of my child. 
they're about what her teacher is going to think of me when she gets to school with yeah. messy hair, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of the things that I realize I battle are more for me and less for them. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, you know, I have all these ridiculous life and death scenarios floating through my mind. Like if you ever see me gaze off, I'm thinking, what would I do if like, yeah. <laughs> if she were to fall off that rock and have a concussion, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like this mm-hmm. is crazy. I'm like kind of crazy about it, but yeah. I mean, there is a good side. There is a silver lining side to all these crazy scenarios and fears and worries that enter our mind because like it's part of our maternal instinct, right? Like mm-hmm. we are like somehow naturally consumed with like the well-being of our kids and whether that is their behavior or what they're wearing Mm -hmm. or being abducted at the park by a man with the dog like all this goes through our minds for a reason right I mean we're not it's not totally unhelpful this episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. One of the things that I worry the most about is how am I messing up my children for mm-hmm. their future? Mm-hmm. And I just I just picked up a book on the Enneagram. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's basically at its very basic form is like a personality profiling type system, but it goes deeper. And in this book, they're talking about how your personality, um, the different, the nine different personalities that they have, Mm -hmm. that they, um, they go back to what in this book they've coined as your childhood wound, which is such a harsh and scary word. Good Lord. Yeah. So then they go through each personality type and say, this is what happened in their childhood that made them respond. And I think I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Sure. I think that what they're trying to say is this is how you, because you are bent in this direction, interpreted your childhood. Yeah. But I'm reading it as here are all of the ways that parents can screw up their kids. And it's a long, and, long list. And so then I feel yeah. pressure of right. which of these personalities is going to be the most successful or the best mm-hmm. in community or whatever. So which of these ways do I want to screw up my kids so that they can... Like, it's such a... I finally had to put the book down right, yeah. because I just kept... I kept going through this inventory in my mm-hmm. head of all of the ways that I am like messing my kids up and so it was not helpful to me at all but um yeah I worry a lot about like what are the things that I'm doing or saying yeah or even like subliminally you know communicating to you that are just that are just going to screw you up Mm -hmm. when you're an adult do you ever have like ongoing inner dialogue about like kids nutrition oh yeah yeah non-stop Mm -hmm. yeah some of the best advice I ever heard was from a pediatrician, you know, they kind of know <laughs> things. And they were like, you can't 
like gauge nutrition on what has been eaten on one plate for one meal on one day. Like nutrition is like seven to ten days. Like in that seven to de- ten day span, is there like enough variety that they're getting this or that or whatever? But in my younger days, I had quite a bit of like obsession is a good word for trying to make like what was going into their bodies mm-hmm. as nourishing as possible. <laughs> So, like, those are, like, I was thinking about, you know, the friend who took the skins off of the grapes, like, Mm -hmm. but you want them to have the grapes because, like, the grapes are good for you, you know, like, whatever, like, you've got to have, like, this food, but you'll go to, like, great lengths to make sure that, like, it's edible, or, like, sometimes I still get a little bit of, like, worrying whenever I've decided to cook something that I know someone in the family doesn't like, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, no, like... There's going to be arguments and, oh, what if she just decides she doesn't want to eat? Do I stick to my guns? Like, she's going to be hungry. You know, of course, I do not act upon it because I swore to myself. Mm -hmm. My mother was like a made-to-order chef for any meal, and I, my childhood wound uh, was (laughs) not going to do that with my kids. I've always been one of those that's like, I cooked it, you're going to eat it. If you don't eat it, bummer. But... Even in that, like my mothering in the sense of how I feed my children has changed so much over three kids. Because with my first one, it was like, there's going to be no sugar. Oh, yeah. Everything is going to be homemade. I mean, I made her baby food. Same I, here. Yes. And I mean, it was crazy. But like we had like fresh fruits and vegetables all the time. I remember sending her to Sunday school with a um, lychee <laughs> at like... 13 months in in her teacher coming and finding me holding this glob of white and saying what is this do mm-hmm. I feed this to it do I peel it do I what like she had no idea um and now you know my my children helped themselves to pop tarts this morning right. because that's what we got yeah. So what's in the counter? Yeah, counter. exactly. So it it's changed so much, and I think part of that is honestly just being tired. Right. Yeah. You know, and getting some perspective. Some perspective. As well. Yes, yeah. but a lot of it is tired because internally I'm still fighting that battle constantly mm-hmm. of, and a lot of it is guilt. Like worry and guilt are like best friends. Yes, sorority sisters. Oh, they man. have pledged as soon. As you know, you're going to be a mom. Like, as soon as you know, it's like, okay, here it goes. Here's your new badges that you wear. Yeah. And it's just nonstop. My internal dialogue about what my kids eat looks very different than what they're actually eating. Yeah. You know, this is part of our natural maternal instinct. And I think we should be a little bit more, like, open about, like, things that we worry about or stuff that we do, like... The one caution that I want to throw out because I know these mamas are out there because I sometimes can be one. It's okay to have death scenarios floating through your mind. (laughs) It's okay to take the peels off your grapes if you need to. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not whatever. But when you get to a point to where your worries and anxieties are paralyzing some part of your life, like... That's the point that you need to assess it and maybe have somebody else help you, like, work through it. You know, like, if it's keeping your kids from doing something that's reasonable or you doing something that's reasonable or 
you're not getting sleep about it. Or, you know, like if it's paralyzing some part of your life, Mm -hmm. that's when I think in my personal, humble, completely unqualified opinion to say, hey, friend, like you've gone from just like the natural everyday things that fly through a mom's mind Mm -hmm. to like it is impacting you in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Or impacting your children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just sitting and having this conversation with you and hearing some of the things that you worry about, I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'm not alone. This is normal. We're, you know, I think when we keep our thoughts all bottled up inside, then we allow shame to kind of take over and we worry that we worry that we're worrying too much or yeah. we're worrying about the wrong things oh, or, oh, Lord. goodness, it's a, it, it's a it's a mess. But have those conversations with your friends. You know, if if you're not sure, if maybe you're going overboard, just open Ask up somebody. to somebody you trust. Yeah. Another mom friend who can say like, oh, yeah, I worry about that too. Or, or somebody who can look into your life, maybe your spouse or your significant other who can say, yeah, maybe this has gone a little too far and you can ease up on this or you can Mm -hmm. relax in this way. Um, And the other thing I think that feeds this that maybe our moms didn't have, I don't know. I'd be interested to ask my mom if it was different, if her Uh worry level was different. um, Is social media. There's so many, because it's like you scroll through and it's like, there was an abduction here, and here's all of the things that, you know. This is why you're pushing your cart into your yes, minivan when you're at Target. Because, because of you, Facebook. Because you see, like, all the in the neighborhood groups, like, I didn't want to say anything, but I just wanted to tell y'all yeah. two men followed me around. You know, like, all yes. that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh, yes. There's just too much to be afraid of. And then it's all of the products and the different things that avoid this or, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't know this about, right. you know, this sippy cup, but. Yeah. It's going to drown your child. You and you know? have so many more moms like in your face mm-hmm. inadvertently, right? Yeah. Like, cause you just scroll through and you have all these moms who may be doing things differently mm-hmm. that you, or has thought of a worry that didn't enter your mind. And then she posts about, you know, so yeah, yeah. like you just, it's, it is kind of right in your face and mm-hmm. something you almost constantly have to be like, sorting like what do you keep and what do you sweep out you know like what do we what worry do we donate today like yeah I'm not gonna hold on to this one yes and not that it there's anything against social media but it can be a tool for great community and super helpful especially for moms who are feeling isolated but it can also it can also be harmful in that way and so open up to somebody you trust and just say this is what's going through my head I need to know if I'm normal Okay, we're going to ask, how about we ask on our Facebook page, on our social media, what yes. what are the most ridiculous fears or worries you've had since becoming a mom? And maybe our listeners should do it too, and they'll see that their friends are just as crazy as they are. Oh, I and maybe I we are. Wait. I think it's going to be such good therapy. <laughs> Yay! Yes. Okay, Emily, I can't wait to get on Facebook and read what everybody says. Don't leave us hanging. (laughs) (laughs) If not, then, you know, we'll share some more because we've got plenty more things that we're worrying about. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We will see you later. Bye. As always, visit fwmoms.com. 
to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.